Welcome to Learning from Texas Education Innovators, a podcast series hosted by the Office of Instructional Innovation in the College of Education at the University of Texas at Austin. Today's guest is Dr. Chris McCarthy from the Department of Educational Psychology, professor in counseling education. So tell me a little bit more about what that is and why it's in educational psychology. Yeah, sure. So my uh, training was in counseling psychology, which is a very closely related field to counselor education. Um, And both fields grew up um, somewhat distinct from the larger field of psychology with their focus on educational settings and particularly the career development process. So I really kind of consider myself in both worlds, counseling psychology and counselor education, which are very similar fields, um, just with slightly different uh, professional. So the reason I brought you in today was because I'm really interested in this career planning class that you have. And because there's a historical component to it, there was a friend of mine who graduated from UT back in the early 1980s who told me she took a career planning class Mm -hmm. at UT in the early 1980s, and it was her favorite class at UT, Mm -hmm. and it changed her life. Do you know anything about the history of career planning at UT? What do you know? My knowledge doesn't go back quite that far, but I know that since the 90s, I started teaching this undergraduate course along with another faculty whose name was Bob Murph, who I believe was also the um, director of the Career Center at UT many decades ago. Um, And so we uh, both taught this course as a way to help students with their career planning. Um, over the course of an academic semester and using a lot of material that you typically wouldn't get if you just visited a a career center for like one or two appointments. Okay, so what do you do in a career planning class? In in your undergraduate class, what do the the students do? Yeah, so um, there's a a kind of a focus on helping students um, learn from the literature that we have in the field of counseling about career development um, and the research we have on like what helps people grow in, as far as their awareness of careers, um, their own development, and uh, what we call career maturity, which is the ability to really um, make uh, plans about your career and use what you know about yourself and the world of work to find um, good fits between you and the jobs that you choose. So the course um, is really intended to help students with that process, and all, but also help them learn about the research um, in the field and the models and the methods that we use um, so they know how to use it with themselves, but they also just have a broader understanding of the topic of career development. So career development is within counseling, which is within educational psychology, which has a whole historical component that's been in there for a long time. Yeah, so it's pretty much as far as I know, the um, field of counseling, I'm going to say counseling that includes kind of counselor education and counseling psychology, mm-hmm. it's pretty much the only specialty, I think, that focuses on the career side of, of people's growth. So there are other fields besides counseling that focus on mental health, um, fields like social work do that, and okay. um, 
uh, nursing, you know, there are a lot of fields that do that, but pretty much I think the only field that really focuses on career development process is within the field of counseling. Um, And the field of counseling really grew up in the schools. So there were people in as far as 100 years ago who worked in the schools um, who really helped students with their career development who went by a lot of different titles um, but they eventually kind of formed themselves into the field of counseling which was really tied to the educational setting. So like the school counselor that you have in elementary school through high school through? Yeah the school counselor um, is one of them and um, just more generally you know schools will have people who are specialists in helping students kind of transition to vocational training or focus on helping them transition to college and getting ready for that so that's certainly a school counselor role but it can also be other people in the schools as well but the the field of counseling really did grow up in schools, which is really kind of a recognition that, um, you know, the mission of schools is to educate people to be citizens in a democracy, but also to prepare them for the workforce. Um, And so that's the part that was missed until the, I think, until the field of counseling grew up about 100 years ago um, as a field that really helped pay attention to the vocational part of people's lives. So the program that you're in here mm-hmm. in EdPsych has a graduate component. Yes. More, well, actually, it is graduate component except yes. for this course, right? Um, yeah, mainly. It. Yeah. How does it work? Uh, the the course or the, the the counseling education. Oh, what you're working. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, yeah. I'm trying to get a feel for where this sort of fits with sure. the overall program and what it is that you do. Right. So our department, educational psychology, has. Um, uh, program in the academic discipline of educational psychology, the field, and then also uh, quantitative methods um, is another field. But we have training programs that are basically professional preparation, uh, master's and doctoral programs. Uh, One's in school psychology and the others are in counseling, which train people to go out and and do work in the counseling field um, upon graduation. So we have a master's for school counselors and college counselors, and then we have a PhD in counseling psychology Um, and so many of them will do career related work when they graduate if they go to work in a counseling center if they go to work in a school um, very much very often that's part of what they do so you have the undergraduate career planning class right you have a graduate course that's similar yes career development yes okay and those sort of have grown up recently together right so yes I remember you and I started working on career, I think the first one we did was career development, maybe? Yeah, well... Let's look, let's look yeah, because I know we've been working on the two of them, and they've sort of grown up together over the last couple of years. Yeah. How did this work out? Yeah, so I think probably it's important to note that um, the course, the graduate course has been continually, continually taught in our department. Yes. But okay. the undergrad course had not been taught for 10 to 15 years. Okay. Um, and in that time, of course, we had the, all kinds of um, technological changes. We had the internet. Um, the whole process of looking for jobs <laughs> Couple things came back. changed in that okay. time. Yeah. So I think when you and I worked together, it was really just to, with the idea of getting both courses more in line with what's happening today. Because when I taught the course in the 90s, uh, you know, we had email and we had internet, but job searching through the internet was still pretty new. Um, People still did a lot of resume stuff, um, just mailing stuff out, you know, it wasn't as 
common as it is today where everything is done on the internet. So I think when we worked together, the idea was to really develop a course with all of that in mind. So how do you keep the technology front and center in a course about careers, because that's going to be so important to the career planning that people do. So when you brought it back, it had gone away, the under, mm-hmm. undergraduate course. Yes. Why did you bring it back? What was the goal? Uh, well, the goal was really um, to offer that course um, because it, it, it was so important to uh, students. Uh, the University of Texas has several initiatives um, for student success, for student graduation, for what students do after they graduate. I mean, that's front and center in higher education. Um, and so really the fact that we didn't have that course for a while I thought was um, unfortunate because it's such an important part of what students do. Um, I sh- should know there's a lot of resources that students have on campus for seeing advisors and seeing counselors um, as undergrads if they want to do some work around career. But I think for the most part they do that once or twice total in their whole time at, at UT. So. Um, the idea of the course is to really have a more sustained focus on the career planning process to help students kind of understand the broader picture and what we know about career development from mm-hmm. research in the field. And so that was kind of the idea to, that was really important to bring it back. To spend a full semester going through all of the process of figuring this out and thinking over time. and Right. And just with the idea that like most students um, probably have a hard time uh, planning a career with just one or two visits to a career center. You know, there's so much information they have. The wor- world of work changes so dramatically. Um, the way they connect their majors to the world of work pr- changes constantly. So yeah. um, there's a lot to consider. So, again, that's not every student's going to take a course like this, but there are a lot of students who can take this and um, hopefully benefit from it throughout their time at UT and after. Well, one of the things I really liked about when when we first started talking about the course was, and I learned from working with you. Mm, As did I, for sure. (laughs) Was that it wasn't planning for finding a job. Right, It was planning for building that 25, 30, 40, 50 year career planning process. Yeah. That we aren't just going to help you find something when you get out of here, but figure out their trajectory and Mm -hmm. where the next step and where the next step and where the next step was, because we know that research shows that they're probably going to have, what, multiple? Multiple, yeah. I mean, numbers vary, but definitely at least five, if not more, you know. So helping them realize that it's okay to change and the change was going to be okay and here's how you deal with it and here's how you make decisions. Yeah. Strategically. Yeah moving forward. So one of the things that you chose early on was the hybrid format where some of the classes would be face-to-face and Mm -hmm. some of the coursework, some of the work that they were going to be doing was online. Yes. Why? Well, I think um, the main reason was that there's so much available now um, that you can do online that wasn't true the last time I offered the course as far as Um, information that you could access, um, uh, resources for learning about careers. Um, There was just so much that um, they could do outside of the class and that was going to enhance their time in the class. Um, Particularly with, um, as I mentioned, like researching careers, finding information about careers, um, learning about what different jobs entail. Um, Uh 
I think that is so much different than the last time I taught the course, which was, again, back in the 90s. And so you pretty much went to books or magazines, you know. I mean, companies had websites, but nothing like what you have today where you could take a given field um, and just read all kinds of information. You can watch video. There's just you can really get inside a career um, through what's available online. So the part, point of this course was to curate some of that material. So they weren't just randomly searching stuff, but really trying to put different resources in front of them um, through that online piece. And you seem to have a an experiential component to it where the students are doing, not just looking. So the interviews that you have involved. Mm-hmm. When they go in and interview, yeah, yeah, um, look at the genograms when yes. they learn to do things like that. When they do the career, what is it? The design process. That's the new component that you've added this semester. Yeah, so we do the interviewing um, to get them thinking about the careers, um, particularly in terms of like their own backgrounds, because um, everybody has their own family history with careers, and it influences them, even though we sometimes aren't th- acknowledging that always. I mean, I think that our family, their expectations, what jobs they've held, how they've been role models for us, definitely influences how people think about and choose careers. So we do have them interview somebody in their family who might have had a impact on them, or just to really talk with them about how they chose their career um, as a part of it. Um, and then we also um, are building in information interviewing, so helping them identify people in the field they can talk to as a way to get information. Did you get any feedback from the first group of students that went through how they felt about that interview process? Are they starting to? Um, yeah, I think they, they, they liked it. I think for certain students, um, it's obvious who in their family they would want to go to and other students it's harder, you know, as far as like what their family looks like, um, and how much role modeling they got and what their family setup is like. So I think one of the things we learn is that some students really need help in thinking about that. Like who are the people in their family that have had the most impact and who could they talk to? Okay. Um, so that was like an important takeaway from the last time that we offered it was that it's not enough just to like go through your family history and pick somebody out like some students intuitively or, or know how to do that and some students really need some help with that because some of them would end up interviewing people in their current lives like girlfriends or boyfriends or current professors um, which is helpful but it doesn't give you a sense of where you've come from you know that's more like what's going on in your world right now okay. um, and the other piece you mentioned I think was about um, kind of a career um, approach that involves um, some work that was done at Stanford around um, design engineers. So there's a book, Designing Your Life, uh-huh. um, that's used there that I've incorporated in the course, which really talks about how students can use principles of design engineering in their career planning. Where they do the storyboards? Yeah, so Planning basically it it's, yeah. it's, it's helping them think about how do they get from A to B in a way that um, lets them try things out, which is what design engineers do, I think, which is just basically take a problem, like I need to choose a career, and think of like creative ways to address that problem. Um, so, and really a lot of it involves like kind of visualizing a future, using different tools to like plot a possible path for yourself, and then trying some stuff out. Um, and the trying some stuff out is not necessarily like 
taking a part-time job or an internship, which is a heavy commitment. Um, it's like testing things out in smaller ways that are like really testable. So their approach or your approach with this isn't you have to find the job. It's right. the figuring out what these options might be. Yeah. And the design and process gives them options for testing. Right. And if a design engineer is going to make a car or a boat, they don't necessarily start with like a full-scale model of it, right? They have really simple, easy-to-design things that they can put in a wind tunnel or, you know, in a pond and see how, you know, something's going before they go through all the expense and effort to make a full-scale model. So kind of using that with careers, too, that there's a lot of steps people can take. Um, For example, like going into teaching, a lot of people think they know what it's like to be a teacher because they've been around teachers. You know, most of us spend our lives uh, doing that. And so people do that, but they don't try out you know, they might spend years getting ready to be a teacher, getting certified, and then find out they don't like the day-to-day of it, right? So there's a lot I have of ways. I a friend who did that. Yeah. Wanted to be a, a teacher and then gets into student teaching and suddenly decides, I'm not a teacher. Right, which is fine and good that you find that out, but it would be better, I would say, if you find that out earlier without all the years of work it takes to get to that point, you know? So there are things you can do, volunteer, um work at a summer camp, you know, there's things you can do to find out if you'd like the day-to-day reality of being a teacher. So thinking about what that is and how you can test it out is part of that approach. Interesting. Yes, indeed. I'm fascinated <laughs> to see how that part of it goes. It yeah. sort of turns out. Well, we're working on that in the graduate class now. We're going to ask some of our graduate students to think about prototypes for them in their lives so they can think about how they might use that approach with their own clients seems like you're taking that same approach with the course and courses themselves. You've had one iteration of the undergraduate course. This is your second iteration of the graduate course. And each time they're similar, but you're sort of adding new features each time. Learning as you go. What have you learned so far? Well, uh, quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> using technology with your uh with your partnership has been both a wonderful opportunity and then it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of trial and error to figure the best thing, best best way to do things, I guess I'd say. So figuring out like what's the right sequence for that, you know, and how to introduce that kind of material. So for example, with the undergraduate class that you mentioned, we did a lot of the career tests with them in the beginning. We found that was too much for those students um, because they needed several weeks just to like get ready to take the tests and um, understand the results. Whereas the graduate students can do that pretty quickly because they're familiar with psychological tests. Um, so I think there's like the, the pacing of everything needs to be very carefully considered. And you really only know that when you try that out over a semester and get feedback from students. Is that how you normally put together a class? Um, somewhat, but this is definitely different. I mean, um, if you're just, if you're having people read stuff and have lectures and talk about stuff, that's, I think in some ways a little more straightforward to plan for, like how long that's going to take and how one thing follows another. Um, but a lot of the materials you and I have developed are very experiential and involve some discovery and involve trying things out. Um, and so it's kind of hard to know sometimes what's going to work best for students. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things I'm learning from this class. Is the more that you have things that are hands-on mm-hmm. and have someone try something, right. that might look like it isn't that much work on the part of the instructor because right. you just have the students doing something. Right. That's an awful lot of work 
yeah. behind the scenes to make sure that it doesn't fall apart as they work. Yes, yes, um, yes. But the results, I think, are, are pretty interesting. Yeah, that's an, that's an excellent point. It's probably like many other forms of teaching or or other endeavors that they don't see a lot of what's behind the scenes. So they <laughs> the just, guy behind the curtain. Yeah, the they just the do something in Canvas and it magically appears, um, you know. We or have we, had a few of those. Yeah, or we do an activity and, you know, it takes 30 minutes and we they do it and they talk about it. But, like, planning for that and getting the materials ready um, and then having all the technology work. Uh, definitely involves effort. <laughs> that always makes me laugh when you come in. We've made a tool that visualizes something. You're like, you don't understand how great this thing is, and the student's like, what? Yeah, it does this. It visualizes this. Yeah, you know, no, I, I think it's. I I've just went ahead and said that to my class last week. Are. We have a <laughs> test about how they cope with stress that um, I've developed with a colleague, but you helped me put it into a format where they can see results in Canvas. Um, and they like it, but, you know, they're I don't think they realize it's... They have Facebook. Yeah, they, they don't realize how much effort it took to develop the test, get it into a format that they could see and that was understandable, and then getting it into Canvas, I mean. But I think the people that do what we do behind the scenes, mm -hmm. that if they don't notice it and they're not impressed by it, that means we did a good job. Yes, well, I think that's a great point. We tell ourselves that. Yes. No, I think that's a great <laughs> we point. Tell yeah. Ourselves that a I think for our graduate students, it's also helpful for them to know that, like, when you're doing these things for people, it's going to take a lot of effort. If they're going to do this, if they're going to do these things, so they're going to design programs for high school students or at a campus where they work. Um, exactly. It does take a lot of effort and a lot of probably a lot of trial and error. Well, that that sort of makes me reminds me of what you had talked about bringing together the graduate students. Mm -hmm. In a future iteration, yes. so how is yeah. that going to sort of look? Well, so I teach a different class, um, which is like a counseling skills class, basically helping counselors um, be intentional about just communicating with clients, um, where I have students in that class practice, quote unquote, with undergraduates who are taking an um, introductory course in counseling just to learn about counseling models. Um, so I want to use the same approach with a career class, since students in my graduate class are doing a lot of the same things the undergraduates are doing as far as learning about different methods and models of career development. Um, a natural next step would be to have students in my class, the graduate class, work with the undergraduate students to really help them get the most they can out of the different activities we're doing. So once the graduate students know what an activity is about, they can be spending one-on-one -on -one time with undergraduate students who are taking the undergraduate career planning class. So they get the experiential learning in the same way that the undergraduates do, only there's this experiencing. Yeah, so the graduate students learn about, yeah, exactly. They learn about being a career counselor in a pretty safe, you know, environment before they see real clients, quote unquote. Although, of course, my students are real clients. Well, there'll be, there'll be scaffolding in place for them. Yes. I mean, you're going to be right there. Yeah, and the undergraduate students, I think it's an opportunity for them to do a little bit more in-depth work with someone um, other than the instructor, because when I taught the undergrad class, there were 40 students. So Right, more one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, more one-on-one, -on -one, one -on -one. so they can do more exploration and um, just kind of have more give and take with someone. That could get really interesting. Yeah, I think so. So we're looking to do that um, hopefully next fall. So what's your final vision for this? So we've sort of seen where this has started. We see where this is going. Mm -hmm. What's your big vision for in the perfect world at UT, yeah. counseling does 
Well, that's yes. a great question. It's well, thanks. A question I ask students in my class, so I guess it should be asked of me. Where are you going <laughs> with all of this? Um, so I think, um, you know, as I mentioned in higher ed, it's really important to know um, what can we do to prepare our students for life after college. Um, and so I think one of my ultimate goals would be to really um, do more evaluation of the course and how does it really concretely help students. So if students take this course in what specific observable ways do they profit from such a course? And by that I mean do they graduate faster than students who haven't taken the course? Um, do they find jobs quicker? Um, you know, what impact does it have on their and does it have development? I would be really interested to know is who does it impact? Mm -hmm. Like, so Which when you were student? first building the course, yeah. there were specific kinds of students, like yeah. the, the students that were that didn't come in with the, the social capital that right. the other students did. So if right. your parents didn't go to college, dad didn't have an executive job, and you didn't have those social networks right. that other people had that knew how to find that kind of job, right. this could help you learn to do those things. Exactly. Those are the, those are the students that you know, I'm really interested in right. targeting. Yeah. Are those students going to benefit from this course in a way that they wouldn't if they didn't have the course? Right. So you're oh, asking. that's really measurable. Yeah, I mean, I think you're asking the the probably the most important question, which is like, what kind of student needs this kind of course? Because some students are going to walk into UT knowing what they want to do, and they probably don't need a whole academic course in career planning. They might like it, but not need it in the same way. Yeah, so they might like okay. it. It might be helpful to them. So I think what you're asking is, given the whole range of services a university might want to offer students yeah. within a college or across campus, where does a course like this fit in? So identifying which students could really benefit and profit the most from this course and then think about how it could be offered potentially in different ways, you know? So it could be broken apart into different components. So it doesn't, maybe it's just a one-hour course um, for some students, you know? It could be part of other things they're doing. So one-hour courses, normally it's a three-hour course, same level as any other kind of credit. Mm -hmm. Student takes it the same way they would take a history class, yeah. a poli-sci class, whatever. Yeah. A one-hour course would be sort of a lighter load. Yep. They would take it. Yep. Um, right now they take it anytime during – it's an, a lower division course. Yes, so they it's take a lower it division sophomore, course. Sophomore, freshman, yep. junior. Yep. You like it there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So not something a senior would take by the time you're a senior – yeah, it could be helpful for a senior, and that's we offered it before as an upper division course, uh -huh. but a lot of students were so close to graduating that some of the material just wasn't as relevant to them because their needs were a lot more pressing. So an academic course where you take time to really figure out career plans is less relevant if you're faced with, like, a month away, I have to have a job. So. Oh, because if you're still trying to figure out those task plans of where I might go yeah. earlier on is better, yeah. you're going to get more yeah. opportunity to exactly. do that. Okay. Yep.